Welcome to the Churchmount Sheepdogs podcast. In this series, I interview handlers and experts from Ireland and indeed from all over the world. And the aim of the series is to spark new ideas for training and trialing for the listener as a result of these conversations. The series is in part sponsored by Away With Dogs, a new sheepdog trial YouTube series. And you can find out more on awaywithdogs.co.uk. For anybody involved in sheepdogs or sheepdog training, they'll have heard of Sue Main. Uh, Sue has been involved in sheepdogs and trialing for over 30 years probably. And she was indeed an, an, an integral part in setting up the very first world trial. And uh, in 2016, her and her committee ran a, a very successful international in town in Wales. Sue is judged nationally and internationally. And indeed, she was the very first woman to ever judge a Welsh national. So she'd be well qualified to give me a little bit of advice and uh, the following conversation is, is uh, where she's given me a few pointers. So here it is. How did you get involved in sheepdog trialling? I was living in Dogatlai, and I bought a pup, and she was a, cross, a Labrador cross collie. Yes. And I was walking her along the lane one day, and uh, there was an ATB class agricultural training board going on down at the bottom and I sat up on the bank watching and they called me down and let me have a go. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah. And that was the start of it. And Vic, who, was the, who took the training course, he was my mentor for quite a while. He yes. started me off and got me going and it was his fault that I'm on opposite commands. All right. Yeah, yeah. Yours are backwards. Everybody then. else. I heard something about that, all right. And then, and then I, I was going to trials, and I went to Bodfari. And Glenn Bodfari, Glenn Jones, he was very good for getting people started on things. And he asked me to judge. And I started, and I judged. I judged a, a local before, but it, I, that was the first open trial I judged. Yes. And uh, I suppose I must have made mistakes. But uh, I learned a lot, and that was the start of it. And so, uh, how does it get going? Like, do you do a sort of an apprenticeship, or um, like, or, or do you like my my old buddy Norman years ago used to tell me when I started first, he said, go over there and sit him with the judge there, and sit him with him for a while and talk to him and see what he's doing. How did you like? How did you pick up how to do it properly? Well, I didn't really. Um, <laughs> uh, I was just thrown in at the deep end. Yeah. Uh, but I had judged the, the local with Gwyn. Gwyn had come as a clerk. Oh, yes. Uh, a local in another trial. So I suppose I had a rough idea. Yes. And I also got hold of the rules for trials and realised that they were not a, a a booklet that you could reference. It was all put in uh, paragraphs. Yes. So I sat down, sat down one winter, and uh, I rewrote all the rules. Yes. I didn't write, I didn't change the rules. I just put them in a different, in yes. a different format. I put them so that I could reference them. They were under headings of outrun, lift, fetch, drive, and that's how I started off uh, sorting the um, trial book out, the rules for trials, and where I learned how to allocate the points and what I needed to know. Yes. And then after that, 
it was Gwen would sit in with me and Clark. And I found that was better than anything. Yes. Because I had to concentrate and work. But he was there to say, well, you know, hang on a minute. So-and-so has just done that and you took so many points off. Uh, you know, you need to keep consistent. So take the same amount of points off. Always yes. look back and think what you've done to others. Keep that consistency. And he taught me the, the practical side of it. What to look for practically in workmanlike ways. Yes. Yes. Um, no, I, and I've sat beside him at the International myself, and, and I find it's great there. And I, maybe I see a situation, I say, Gwen, what do you do in that situation? Or I often do it now if I, if I find myself sitting beside a, a judge there that I, you know, that I think is a fairly good fellow. I'll just ask him when I see something, what would you do with that? And um, so it must have been great having somebody like Gwen sit beside you and Clark in there sometimes to pick his brain a little bit as it happens. Yes. You know, he'd always, I can remember one handler had had trouble at the pen. But he thought he was uh, he handled the sheep well, and Gwen turned round to him and he said, uh, "Well, you know, you wouldn't have had the, sh the sheep wouldn't have been like that if your dog hadn't have hit them at the top." Yes, yes. <laughs> so instead of allowing it, allowing for the sheep to be bad, you had to look a little bit further back and re and recognise when the sheep became bad and what caused it. Yes, to see if if the man and his dog caused the problem or it's just it's just That's the right. sheep, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, so and that's the sort of things he, he showed, you know, he pointed out. Yes. Um, so I'm going to judge a trial on, on Saturday, tomorrow actually. And um, I was just wondering, like, before you go to a trial, when you know you're going to be judging the next day and all, how do you prepare or what do you take with you? Well, I've, um, I've made some judging sheets, which are... They're shaded, every other line is shaded, and there's two lines for each competitor, so there's ten on a sheet. And on that, I have a line for my scores, and then underneath I have a line for my, um, what you might call shorthand. And I have little codes of what I take off. So if the dog misses a gate with three sheep, I will put three in brackets under they drive so that I know exactly what what has happened in the run. Yes. Uh, I always I also take my rules for trials, but um, I re I know them reasonably well, so uh, I don't really re you know read through them beforehand. But I do make sure that I'm up to date with any new ones. Yes, yes. Um, I, I'm sure it's the same in Wales and uh, in lots of other places you've judged, but here in Ireland. I often find that, uh, you know, when, when um, the prizes have been given out uh, at the end of the day, I often get a handler who will come over to me and say, what were you doing there? Why didn't I get more for this? And I should have been higher here. And, and uh, wh what were you thinking of there? Where, where did you take my points off? Does that happen? Does that ever happen to you? Or is that, is that why you keep oh, yeah. little notes? Yes, that's why I kept, uh, keep the notes. I was caught out. Uh, my, uh, I don't have a good memory, especially if I'm judging abroad, because... You don't know the dogs, you don't know the sheep, uh, the handlers. So if somebody asks you, you, you can't really look back and think, oh, yes, I remember that dog, because you, you don't know one from the other. Yes. So I, with this little uh, line underneath with all these bits and pieces, all my uh, faults written down, 
uh, when this handler came up to me and said, I didn't do this uh, on the shedding, and I said, well, that's what I took, that's what you did. Um, you went out of the ring there, you, you missed an opportunity there, or you... The handler came up to me and said, uh, you know, I didn't do this. So I said, well, you did, but I can't remember what happened. Yes. So the following time I judged there, I made sure I had these notes. And the came up um, <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, to query yet again. I had it all there in front of me. Yes, yes. I, I often see here, Sue, it's grand here in places where we sort of know everybody and you know who who has the potential to be coming up giving you a bit of a hard time after and so you can be well ready for them. But uh, yes. definitely now when I, when I go and, and I'll be judging somewhere new, I certainly need to keep little notes like that because, you know, I don't know everybody's uh, sort of right. characteristics and their dogs and everything else. And so uh, that's definitely a tip I'm going to use now. Yes, yes. And what one thing you you find that when you you judge abroad as well you, you don't know what the sheep are going to be like, and it's difficult how hard you're going to judge on that first run. Yes, yes. Uh, but quite often they will have a novice class first. Yes. You well, know. uh, see, uh, I had. That's sorry to interrupt you. So, but that's something I'm a little bit concerned about. That when I go over that, if the sheep are really good and really consistent, I, I'm kind of conscious that I don't want to get into a situation where I've got like six people on uh, on 96 and two on 98, and you know I'm trying to split points there without run lifts and fetches. That's what I was wondering. When do you use half points, Sue? Half points. Like if the sheep are really good, surely half points must be a helpful thing. Yeah, I think half points are. And you're, you're obviously looking for a flow in the run, especially with the sheep. Yes. And if you, some people use a dog with eye, and that encourages the sheep to stop quite often. And if you use a half point for every time the sheep stop. Yes. Oh no, every time the dog allows the sheep to stop. There is a difference, because sometimes you've got wild sheep, and the dog has to stop the sheep from escaping, so you get the stop. Yes. But it's when the dog lies down, claps down, and allows the sheep to graze. Yes. That's when you can knock the half point. Yes. I've, I always found that one point was too much. Yes. The half point is great. Yes. So, you know, maybe I'm, I'm judging a run and I'm thinking, oh, I should take a point off there, but point's a bit strong, or will I or won't I? In that situation, uh, I should probably just go with the half point, should I? Yeah, go with your gut feeling. Yes. Yeah, go with your gut feeling. If you think it's too much, we'll do a half. If you think that's not enough, you know, I mean, it's, it, go with it. Yes. Because that's when you get to the end and you could find yourself where you've got too many on one score. And you could have accounted for that earlier on. Yes, yes. But you, it's difficult if your sheep are bad and your dog is having to stop them all. It's difficult taking half points for the dog allowing the sheep to stop there. You, you have a job getting a flow with bad sheep. Yes, yes. So you've got to take that into consideration as well. Yes, yes, not be going too hard on everybody. If the sheep are bad, That's just right. relax a little bit about that end of it. Yes, yeah. um, don't, don't go too hard on everybody because you but take enough off. You've got to be careful to take enough off the, my, off the major faults. Yes. But don't take too many off the minor faults, but you've still got to cover them. Yes, so go hard on the on the major ones and just uh, lighter hand then on the on the lesser ones. Just on the others, yeah. Yeah, 
Okay, no, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Um, there's another thing, too, that mightn't happen at all when I go here, but uh, in, in Ireland sometimes, well, most of the time I see, uh, if we're judging an open trial, we'll, we'll sort of decide the time, unless it's a course that we run the same course every year and we know the time it needs to be. But um, on, our, on our hill trial, for example, because it was a new trial there a few years ago, we'd, we'd uh, get a fellow who wasn't running in the trial to run it you know, maybe a week before, just to get a feel for it. But what would you do in a situation like that where where you're the judge and you have to come up with the time? Um, like I see I see what fellas do here a little bit is, you know, they'll, they'll let the first three dogs run and then they'll kind of find a time out of that. But have you any suggestions there? Or is it something you ever come up against? Yes, I come up against it. Um, but what you can do, you can work on roughly the distance of your course. I mean, obviously you get a 400-yard outrun as a national course with a, a shed pen and single on 15 minutes. If you take, you allow three minutes each for the shed and the single. Yes. You take that, that six minutes off, you're left with nine minutes. Yes. For, for a 400 yards. So if you go down to a 250, 300, you can knock it down to seven. Yes. So you'd yes. be a seven without a shed and pen and just add three minutes on. Uh, I know what you other. mean. That's very simple, si- simple. And if I wanted to be a little bit more lenient, I could just give it an extra minute and leave it at eight or whatever I thought, you know, just to give yes. it a little bit of room. Yeah. Or you can, if you're not quite sure, you can usually get a, a feel for a, a feel. Yeah. The other thing, I suppose, if I go in and there's only 30 dogs and it's at this time of the year and there's plenty of daylight um, and, and I look at it, it's a 300-yard course without a single, like if I give them 10 or 11 minutes or 10 minutes, that's, that's sort of, that should be plenty of time, unless the sheep are unruly or something or it's particularly yes, heavy. You, you, can also, you can also give too much time. Yes. Um, too much time encourages them to go too slow, to stop, and... Sometimes if they're having a job penning, especially a novice handler or somebody, you know, having a, a trouble with at the pen, they can go on forever, and it doesn't do the sheep or the dogs any good. No, no, I've seen that too now that you mention it. So you, you, you need to keep your time reasonably tight. Yes. But, uh, what, what you can do is time the first run, and if you think it's a seven-minute course but it could be an eight, put eight minutes on it. Yes. And see if the handler finishes. You yes. know, if, if they're disqualified, okay. But if they finish, work out, yes, you know, they could finish in six minutes. Yes. But so leave it at seven. Don't sort of make it too tight. Yes. Um, but that will give you an idea. And if they finish early and you're still not quite sure, do the next one. Yes. But you'd have to work with the tight, with the... Um, uh, the, the timekeeper there with you. Yes. Yes. You know. No, no, that that, oh. no, that takes all the uncertainty out of it. No, that's cool. Thanks for that, Sue. Um, and so then the, the other thing I just wanted to ask you for your opinion on is that, like, I hear an awful lot of people, since I only came back to Sheepdog Trials two years ago, um, and and it, like after a break of 15 years and, and so the last time I was really trialling was kind of 20 years ago and I'm just sort of getting my dogs up to a standard now where I can compete in opens but I hear a lot of people saying to me now that oh Paddy you know the standard is an awful lot higher than it was years ago and um, 
Oh, you know, no, it's much, it's much more, it's much, much harder to win an open, and and everything is just a much higher standard now. What, what do you think about that, Sue? Like, is it, is it, has our breathing improved, or is our judging better, or is the standard, is it even higher? I don't think it is. Yes. I think it was harder, um, sort of, pre twenty years ago, um, when Gwyn was running, they, they could go out and. I remember Gwyn saying that he'd been to a trial and he went to run and the judge said to him, there's no point in you running here. <laughs> uh, the uh, Alan Jones has just won it, losing one point. Yes. So Gwyn went out and won it, losing half a point. <laughs> God, I'm glad I wasn't judging then. So the, uh, and the, the, the standard was great and the flow of the runs was different. Yes. You know, the, the, the runs were a bit different. They flowed. They looked for um, a slightly different kind of run. And I think the the judges, some of the judges now are lenient on things. Yes. That uh, they weren't there. Thanks very much, Sue, for those pointers. Uh, I can definitely see how keeping a little bit of a shorthand uh, record of, of a person's run could be of great help afterwards. And... Any time I think I'm going to have good sheep in a trial uh, where I'm going to be judging, I, I'm definitely going to use the half points because I think I need a little bit of extra just to differentiate when, when the runs are very good. But maybe the next time I come over, uh, you might tell us a little bit more there. You might tell me how the wor- first world trial, how that even came about. And um, and like you ran the international last year, we forget that, well, I forget that uh, every year I go to an international screen, oh, I'm going to international, but I forget about the people that are behind it and the people that make it happen. So you might give us a little bit of insight out of that. Yes, certainly. It's, uh, it takes a good team to put on an international on the world trial. And those people, are, the people that do it, it's all voluntary. And uh, I think uh, we don't always appreciate the hard work that goes into it. Yeah, definitely. Like... When, well, I, I knew you when you were running, well involved in the international last year, and it just it sort of brought it up, it made me aware of of how much work and effort. And like this year, it's somebody else's turn, and next year it's somebody else's turn, and it's great the way people always to keep stepping up to do the job. So listen, thanks very much, Sue, and hopefully I get over to talk to you soon, and we'll have a bit of a chat about that. You're welcome, Paddy. Thank you, Sue. So thanks for listening. I hope this interview has sparked some new ideas for you. If you want to support Churchmen and to learn more about us and how we train dogs, you can become a Patreon subscriber over at our website at churchmansheepdogs.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube at Churchman Sheepdogs.